I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian, and I'm ignorant, and I have a lot of questions, and uh, uh, so I ask them. Um, uh, If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Also, just so you know, the premise of this podcast is basically ignorance, so I try to ask um, those dumb questions that a lot of us have, but we're afraid to ask. Um... But this is a come up episode, so it's more about uh, my friend's journey with his comedy career. Um, but there's still some questions in there, and uh, and he's a cool guy. You'll hear him. Um, maybe we go back and forth and ask ignorant questions. I'm gonna be honest. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded, and we were on a plane in Hawaii, uh, coming back from Hawaii. Which, by the way, bear with the episode because there's a lot of like weird, like oh, hold on, <laughs> but and like cuts because we were across the aisle from each other and. It was just a bit of a fiasco. So push through those and listen to the to the actual content because it's worth it. Uh, real quick, uh, DC, I'm coming to Arlington Draft House this weekend with Steve Ranazizi, the 9th and the 10th. There's two shows each night. Get tickets. There's still a few left. Those are going to be awesome shows. Every time I do shows with Steve, it's just killer. He's great. The vibe is always fun. So come by. Come say hi after. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll have fun. And uh, if you're an L.A. person, I will be back in L.A. for February the 18th, one night only. Please come to the Comedy Store if you're free, uh, 8 p.m. Ballet Room. I have a showcase that I want to do really well on, so I would love to have people there who love me, that are laughing, that make me feel more comfortable. So L.A. people, do that. I know you probably have some other place you want to go that's fancy where you want to take selfies, but for the love of God, be supportive for five minutes. Um just kidding you guys are great i don't know uh washington i'm coming up there um the last weekend of february maybe the second to last but i don't have details yet it's just going to be a string of one-nighters in olympia and auburn and then i think i might swing into comedy underground into a guest spot uh so more details to come but my guest this week is buddy hutton he is one of my oldest friends in comedy we started together basically back in like 2010 2011 um and so this is a come up episode. So like the one I did with Jeremy, I talked to him about where he thought he would be and where he uh, hopes to be moving forward. Um, and it's really interesting because, uh, well, you'll see, because it, it, uh, his thing took a turn. His comedy journey uh, went a different direction than, uh, you know, maybe he thought or you would think it doesn't matter. Um, this is such an awkward intro it's a good interview he opens up and gets vulnerable and he was a little insecure about that you guys afterwards he's like i don't know i feel like i got too weird and i don't want to come across like i was whining because that's not what i was trying to do so um he's not whining uh he did not tell me to say that but i was i was like you're very much over analyzing this um you just were honest in so anyways um enjoy that and you know if you like it you can tweet it buddy and give him uh, you know some encouragement or like say that you liked that he opened up a little because I think that's what he felt weird because that's not a thing he normally does which uh, 
I get a lot of my guests sort of feel that way. So uh, we don't always open up, but um, I think it's good too. I think it helps other people learn and grow and feel safe doing it when they see someone else doing it. So I always highly encourage it. So I am putting this podcast out. Uh, Not that he said I couldn't. That sounds like I'm like, too bad. He did not say that. Uh, He's cool. And this intro is weird and I haven't had enough coffee and yet somehow it's too much coffee. Um, All right, you guys, here's the episode. Come up with Buddy Hutton. Turning, we're turning on. We're on. I'm on. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Ignorance is Blessed. I'm here with my friend, Buddy Hutton. We are 32,000 miles in the sky. I turned on my light on my... What did I do? Listen, you guys, we're doing this from an airplane, and I'm an idiot, and we're going to probably cause someone to get hurt on accident. Um, Hi. Hey. Hey. We're sitting across from each other currently on a plane. Um, She's in in row G. I'm in row J, which means there's a a microphone cable stretched across the aisle. So likely Um, someone's going to get hurt, or we're going to have weird moments where we have to pause, and, like, he hands the mic over to me. You should probably hand me the microphone. Um, Yeah, so what we just did... Uh, is get a dirty look from a stewardess because we have microphones and stewardess uh, just walked by and, and he I, handed me the mic and then she looked at me like uh, I was setting myself on fire. I mean, you, you probably should. Probably. Um, you guys, okay, so we just went to Hawaii and we're flying back to San Francisco. We went, I don't know why I have to tell you guys this, but I'll explain. So we, Buddy's my best friend. We met seven years ago. Uh, doing stand-up comedy. Yep. Uh, at the Haha ha Cafe is where we met in North Hollywood. What a Hollywood. fantastic place! Just what a, a place. Old Haha ha Cafe. Mm-hmm. There's a new the one now. One. They moved up, and they by up, up I mean down the block. Didn't they keep the old one though? No. For a little it? while. Oh really? It was like Shakey's Shake Town, and uh, you guys, I keep having it. Uh, Buddy hands the mic back to me because people walk by and they all think we're insane. This um, is going to be incredible. a nightmare, you guys. So just remember, we're on a plane. That's the background noise. Um, oh, we went to Hawaii like a few months ago. We both went through breakups. You guys know I went through a breakup, and he had just moved back to LA from San Francisco. And he was the relationship. And yeah, and so we found cheap tickets, and we're like, "Let's go to Hawaii." So now we're on a plane doing this podcast. You know what I'm proud of us for? What? Not just like holding each other and crying because we never did that. We're we're stronger than that. You know, we didn't have like Hagen Dazs crying moments. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have the Hagen Dazs because I feel like I hit my peak weight loss. But I just want to say that it's okay to cry. Yes, it definitely is okay to cry. But we didn't we didn't we didn't break we didn't down bask like that in our and go like there's nothing. It's not worth it. We said, you know what? Let's go learn to surf. And then we didn't learn to surf. No, we did snorkel. We did snorkel. Um, but I already knew how to snorkel. If you need to learn to snorkel, you... Some people on that boat did. They didn't understand putting on snorkels. Yeah. Tourists. Uh, uh, yeah. What else did we do? It doesn't matter. Let's get into this. Okay. This is a come-up episode uh, because Buddy and I started doing comedy together at the exact same time. And uh, then, Buddy, how many years were you doing comedy before you, like, moved to Boston because you were in love? Two. Two. We were pretty deep in. We were doing mics like every day. Yep. Yep. Buddy is super funny. I would say of that group of people that we hung out with, you were like one of the funniest. Is someone coming? And of course, you know, I mean, 
because you're not me. You know, I'm kidding. But you're really funny. Uh, great on stage. I wrote most of her jokes early on. That's not true at all. Most of her tags early no, on. No, he wants credit and he does I not get it. I helped her with like five jokes. You helped me maybe with one? Maybe. You're such a liar. I helped you with so many. Which one? Name one. I mean, I don't mean actually writing. I mean in spirit, just hanging out no, with me. No, just being, I mean, your essence you, gave uh, me creativity. Is that actually the only You're joke being the I most ever, white man I've ever heard. The only joke I ever helped you with that you actually took the tag on stage oh, was, was the, the, the misogyny one. The misogy- I don't misogyny. do that. Misogyny, I know, because you didn't like it, because I wrote it. Yeah, because it was not funny. It was funny. I'm kidding. It was funny, but then I just got over it. You don't really do like... You know like, how you hold on to character. jokes for a little while, and then you keep writing and then because you have short sets you move on you don't know here's the biggest problem here's my here's my problem with comedy i hold on to jokes and you don't write new ones and i don't no i write them i hold on to jokes about 30 seconds what a bitch i can't believe you just said that you're so mean (laughs) you guys buddy okay so you were dating someone the whole time when we started comedy you had this we we would all make fun of buddy because we were like you have a made-up girlfriend because she lived somewhere else she was on location what was she doing when you first met me i was with somebody when i first met you i don't remember you claim to have been with some liz person when i met you yeah no i don't remember anyone before shelly so it must have been just the the end of that relationship it's what spurred me into meeting you because i must have been doing comedy for like a month or two and then we met somewhere at the haha because i had met uh, two of our other f- friends who <laughs> one of them is my friend still uh, yeah, so at a pizza place and then I sort of just got swooped into their circle of friends that I promptly destroyed by dating the stupidest person in the group anyway it's really funny though the group that we had because we weren't we didn't you know like discriminate with funny we just went like are you alone because we had people that just... Are you also Are you also alone? alone? Come sit at our table in the back You're of this... Just like a sticky ball of loneliness that sad. rolled over comedy clubs. It's like a snowball of tears. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so... Wait, how did you meet... So did you meet Shelly while you were doing comedy? N- no, I didn't meet her through comedy. Not I met doing her through... comedy, but like in the time that you were doing comedy. Yes. Yes. So you just... Within the course of starting comedy, you met this woman, fell in love with her, despite the fact that she immediately went to Spain, it seems like. She she and I had like a tumultuous, just just amazing, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I mean, it's I had been abused codependent or something. She was like, listen, story of my life. I'm going to school for, for, for like to be a therapist, and that's something that you desperately need. She didn't say that, but yeah, that's but what I was like, thinking. Yeah, but like, when you're going to be a therapist... And like, don't get me wrong, I I love therapy. Your th- therapists are the craziest people. I agree now. And there's, agree that doesn't now. mean they're not capable of helping others. But at like at that point, I didn't have health insurance though, and you know, free therapy upon waking up every morning seemed good. Wait, so she wanted to like therapy you in the relationship? Oh, she didn't. She wasn't. She didn't say that, but it's like that's her mentality because she's. She never, she never helped me with anything ever. 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 You know what she did help help you with uh, isolating your friends and moving you across the country. Okay, so she helped me with that. Yeah. Uh, well, because she was gone in what, Spain? She was in Spain. So we all made fun of Buddy for having this like made up girlfriend in Spain. Like that Avenue Q puppet who has a girlfriend that lives in Canada. We're like, sure. In that time, I got a job. Shelly, no, wait, hold on. This is the, the you explain what the happened. Timeline is completely because wrong. Because we timeline, started comedy, and I thought we were going to be I doing the comedy at, at the same rapid Shelley amount. When we met. 
Okay. I don't remember you pre-Shelly. Because Shelly was like the beginning of the end. Okay. You guys, someone's walking past. Sorry. Um. She was like the last year because I had... She came back and I... Oh, because you'd been like... Cause, because you were in a long-distance relationship, you were like all into comedy because you didn't have a person you were... Right, for that six months. In face... Like, you had to like be around. Yeah, and then we started talking about like future stuff and um, I realized that, you know... I was in no position to try to, you know, like provide for. How old were you? A girl. Uh, who cares? Twenty. It's important. Twenty-six. And you're like, point, I have 20. to provide a life for this woman who's been in Spain gallivanting with an old lover. And I was like, you know, uh, <laughs> Marilee was having. My sister was having like issues with, you know, she didn't. Um, you were like helping with her family. Yeah, she was having family issues. My two nephews um, were born and you know she was on welfare and didn't have any help so she would call me every month and be like hey help help and I would and it felt good to be able to do that I was doing um, production work like doing editing for a crazy man he was amazing yeah just the craziest dude this was in LA yeah Brad Brad White what a name the he would like I mean I was terrible like he we did a shoot once where um there was a. I was. He put me on a plane with a camera that I'd never used before. Yeah. I need to hand you this. Take that. I'm the su- the stewardess just saw microphones. And, and she's like, and "Are you talking to someone?" As if I have some sort of headset. She's like talking on a CB radio. As, as if I have. Yeah. Are you communicating with someone? Uh, hold on. Ma'am, we are. Hello. We are hello. on plane. We are on plane now. We are on plane. There is extra coffee. <laughs> We're bringing around second, second round of coffee now. Welcome to KGB Airlines. This service has been impeccable. I feel Over. like was, I think I made a KGB joke on the last podcast I did, and uh, now it's just becoming repetitive. Or was that in the car? Did we make K- KGB? We made a KGB pun on the drive up from San Francisco, and I don't remember what it was. I, that was your KGB pun. It was good. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait. Oh, crazy. I worked for a crazy guy. Yeah, um, and you were helping your family. You, you have a mentality that like you feel good helping. I do feel good helping, but it's also like my family's been such pieces of shit their whole lives and like <laughs> useless, just useless people that try really hard. Relatable, um, right, everyone? They go to they go to school and then don't do anything that makes money with it. With their schooling? Like, I'm going to be a philosophy major. I mean, my mom has, my mom has is all but, all but dissertation on two PhDs because her professor started sexually harassing her. She never went <gasps> That's back. That's so angering. What's that? That that makes me so mad. Yeah, well, it made me mad too for years and years. But now I'm mad at her because I'm like, Mom, you sh- you could go you could go back. She's like, I'm over it. I'm like, you're over having two PhDs attached to your name. We literally were on. I ate government cheese my whole life. And it's like if she and just you, had that degree, she could get a better she, job. We, I, I was always like, I was the kid that was like, Mom, you need a job. Like she'd be like, Can you wait for shoelaces till next week? And I'm like, No, Mom, I don't want to wait for Can shoelaces. Can you just get a job? Just Mom? get a fucking job. That's so frustrating. I had a job scrubbing pizza pans when I was 12. Do you know what a pizza pan is? I mean, I assume it's a pan that you put pizza in. Pizza dough. Pizza yeah. dough. And yeah. this place was called Taste... T- 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 it was gross. They put pizza dough in, in pizza pans. and then <laughs> As you and, they do. And, and then they just left it for like a month so it would get like green and moldy. And that's when my job came in. 
just Wait, scrub they out. just like, never cleaned out these pizza pans. No, because it's like, cooked and it's we also... We should hire someone to clean it. It also has yeast in it, so it's gross anyway. That's insane. It was. They actually um, were arrested by the FBI uh, the, <laughs> because they were selling illegal cable boxes. Wait, what is My the name job. of this place? It was called uh, New York Pizzeria. They're like, yeah, we are pizzeria. I don't know why I made them Russian again. Blaine Street in Riverside. So that was a front for illegal cable boxes. I mean, I didn't know. They obviously they didn't had know those, how to handle dough. They those neighbor sign, those signs in the neighborhood that's like, do you want cable, question mark? And it's like a phone number and you can rip it off. I was there when they came and got arrested, too. Did they try? Was, did they question you? No. They were, uh, like, I wasn't allowed to be working, so I thought that they were, I thought that the you cops were, were there for me. Because you were under 14? Or what's the le- legal age in California? I don't know. But you didn't like, have a work permit. Sometimes they just paid me in pizza. Like, I'm acting like a badass, like I'm bringing home m- money for mom. Yeah, no. but when your mom isn't making money and you live on welfare, yeah. getting paid in pizza is awesome. That being said, my mom is a very, very strong, strong woman. No, had to deal with a lot of abuses. His mother is brilliant. She's brilliant. She's brilliant and insane. Um, but I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah, okay, wait. So we left off. Sorry, you guys. We paused it again because of passersby because we're on a plane being insane talking about your mom being brilliant and we're gonna pause it again okay so you were working at a pizza place at 12 doesn't matter okay let's fast forward to well or not even fast forward uh did you always know you wanted to be in comedy when did you realize so like from a young age well everyone always said you should be you should be a comic you're funny but like like it was like i was raised in a house full of girls and I could always make them laugh, yeah. and it would get me out of things. Like my, I would do, th- I would steal shit, and my from like my sisters, and my mom would be about to spank me, and then I would be like, mm-hmm. literally, like she would do this, like bend over, grab your ankles, pull your pants down thing, just to make but it drop scary. down and get your eagle on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, That's crazy. And you know, hit she would like you know hit us with a belt, but yeah. this, the fear. My mom would never like bruise us with a belt. It would barely even hurt us, but the fear. Factor oh, yeah. of like bending over and grabbing your ankles like corporal cor- corporal punishment corporal company punishment. punishment that's what my dad used to say but then when my mom would try to spank us she'd be like you're getting spanked but she was so drunk she's like <laughs> but it was still terrifying and she's just like Wah. my mom would get mad she'd like she broke a brush on my ass once uh, I mean but to be honest we were on welfare so it was probably a really cheap brush yeah like from the 99 cents store. Now she's like, oh, great, now I don't have a brush. Oh, my brush, you little bastard. Now she never <laughs> called those names. Uh, Lucky. But yeah, I, that's, that's you know, I kind of listened to other people and said, this is my profession, obviously. This is what I need to do. So you just knew uh, you were funny. So you're like, obviously, this is the natural path. And yeah, so like I was like, you know, and I've always been very good at performing. I know, I know that. Um, but I've always been lazy as fuck. Late, about like, like so what lazy. writing and putting in the like I could always audition and get the lead roles and plays but then I would be like I don't want to memorize these lines so I'd like drop out oh my god every actor who works hard and is mediocre is listening to this and is like you bastard I mean, um yeah I mean I think that I think that I would be better uh you know if I wasn't so lazy I, th- I think that I'm great uh, but I I'm think, just lazy. I think it's easy for people who are naturally gifted at something to be lazy about it. Or people with high intellect, like when you don't have to try in school. College, taking like science courses in college was really jarring for me because I was like, oh, I had to study and I had no idea how to study because I just coasted and got A's my whole life. And then I was like, oh, now I have to like actually read. Same. This isn't innate knowledge. I never did homework. Yeah. I don't recall any... 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to co- college. I dropped out of film school. I like. That's how in. lazy Buddy was. What? That's how lazy you were. I'm so lazy. Yeah, I went to film school and dropped out. Like I got the basics. I've, I've got to figure it out. Well, I got, you know, I got a job in production with that crazy Brad White guy. Oh, I was about, to, I was going to tell you a story about how I fucked that up. Yeah. So like, tell I was about so crazy bad. Brad White. Uh, he gave me a camera, gave me a telephoto lens attachment. Didn't tell me how to use it, but I didn't test it. I didn't have time. I like got the camera, got the camera package, went to a plane. He paid for a plane and they like some nonprofit had set something up on a beach. So like I had to fly over and film this shot, but I couldn't zoom out or else it like ruined the shot with a vignette. So I just botched like a (laughs) $15,000, $20,000 shot. Just just didn't know. And and he, you know, this guy freaked out. Like you fucked us. You fucked us all. And I'm like, dude, I didn't know. Like whatever. (laughs) That's so funny. What did you expect, sir? So that's what I went into. Wow. Is product. Okay. So, Instead of did, comedy. Did you think that going into... Wait, was that while you were doing comedy or that was before? I worked for that dude while, while, you were, we, knew, while we knew each other. While like, we knew each other. Okay. I mean, we knew each other, but yeah. Did you do anything comedy-esque or even just like entertainment before you started doing stand-up? Like, yeah, didn't you work I, on a cruise or... Um, so I was the... Uh, okay, if you just step over that. Cool. <laughs> We've learned that we can just Man, have people step over you know over what's things. really crazy? Like, the dead faces that... Stewardess or flight have. flight attendants is that yeah. what they're called? Yeah, because they just deal with assholes all all day, day and they I hate mean, us. We're and it's assholes. like we're just yeah. I'm just doing my job it's for either, free on a plane. I know. Other people doing their job that they're getting paid for on a plane and they're sick of me. <laughs> um. Okay, so you you did like hosty comedy stuff. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I actually wrote a set my first set like before I was actually doing real stand up I wrote a set on uh, to get on a cruise ship and I was like the I was on celebrity cruises doing things like you know um, anything that the cruise director didn't like want FaceTime for were you the assistant no I wasn't an assistant cruise director I was just activity staff but I would go out and be like you know Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Drew Pavlov. His name was Drew Pavlov. Like the guy, like, like the great grandson of the guy who did the dog thing. I think he was the dog. Oh. Um, uh, Okay, wait. Did you have to audition for that? Yeah, yeah. You send in like an audition tape, and then they um, they let me open for the comics. Really? Even though I used like my stand up in a tape, um, and then they gave me jokes. Oh, they had, like, uh, stock jokes. Yeah. They're like, okay, here's a joke about the buffet. Here's what's allowed to be used. And I, I think that it's really interesting. And, I mean, I don't even... I've never heard of another, like, stock comic. So I think it was something that they made special for me. Or... Like, he's likable, but he needs new jokes. Yeah, he needs work. I Are remember the jokes... There was a comic named Noodles Levenstein. No, there wasn't. Who was <laughs> like, yeah, I bet you could do about, you know, five of you on real, real time, you know? Yeah, I bet you could do it. This guy, like... It was hacky. But I, th- I would loved it because like he, you know, he had a like the cruise ship like stage is set up for musicals. It's set up for so big. It's huge. Yeah. And then the there's just a comic huge. standing he there. He would just crush these packed houses that wanted him there because there's nothing else to do on a 14 day cruise besides watch Noodles Levenstein. And play you bingo know? with your grandma. R.I.P. Grandma. I mean, at eight o'clock. You know, you've gotten a couple of cocktails in you. You know, you've already been to the casino. Now we're going to go watch noodles. Noodles. Noodles wrecked it. And so we go get coffee in the morning after. Like, I saw this guy. I was there for six months. And I would just hang out with him and be like. 
He was on man. the ship the whole time? No. He was, oh, he fly, was one of the, flying okay. in and out, yeah. But he'd be on like these long runs. Other other comics too, but he and I like hit it off. Hit it off, yeah. Noodles Levenstein is your comedy mentor. I mean, he was an absentee father, definitely. Are I you mean, listening, yeah. Noodles? Are you out there? Noodles Come back. <laughs> Noodles Levenstein. Uh yeah, but he, you know, he kind of said you, you, the, the, he was the first person that said like, no, you gotta like actually work. You gotta actually do it. And I didn't. I have no concept of what work is. Like I'm naturally good at everything that I've ever attempted, or I don't attempt. Or it. you don't attempt. It. I was gonna say yeah. you just don't attempt things. You're not like you don't feel right. like you're really solid at. Because everyone's always said you know go after your talents, and I'm like oh if I have to work, that's not my talent, which is completely opposite of what comedy actually is. Well, you have is. to. It's. I mean, I think a great comic is both. Is you're talented, but you also have to work hard. I know people that we. There are people who also work really hard, and it's like they're not even that talented. But boy, do they work hard, and they're gonna be. They're gonna get by. Yeah, the grind. I think is. is It makes a difference. It makes a difference for sure. Wait. So when you started, I mean, look at you. Shut up. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Idiot. I don't grind. I'm just talented. I'm kidding. I do both. I hope. I don't know. Someone's coming. He's handed me the microphone. Okay, so when I met you at the HaHa, when we were just little baby nugget comedians. Tiny little nugs. What, what was your goal then? Like, where did you see yourself? Because it's been, what, seven years? Yeah. I, from the beginning, was like, I just want to make a living doing stand-up, I think. Uh, but, like, what were your ideas? Did you have any idea where it was going to take you or where you thought it would take you? I wanted to change the world with a message of, like, uh, with, like, making fun of things like... Like, I used to do that bit about everything that was arbitrary. Yeah. And I thought that this is going to be the starting point. Because I initially would go in and be like, all these fucking idiots don't understand global warming. Like, yeah. my grandparents are morons. Your grandparents are morons. If you don't understand global warming, you're a fucking moron. Everybody would be like, this isn't comedy. You're just talking about you're global warming. Mad. <laughs> making me feel bad about myself. And then I started, uh, it, like, gradually I just started giving up on... This, trying to have a message? message because like it's so hard i mean we were talking about this like on the plane out here like i have this concept of talking about how um you know corporations are ruining ruining not just the united states but, but the earth the earth but then trying to make us feel bad about right. recycling right and that's like a small like my brain is constantly exploding with these weird like hypocrisies that I mean, I guess they're just ironies that exist. Um, and I can't talk about it. Well, I'm having trouble talking about it. And I always have. Because I don't know how to make people not feel bad, you know? Or I, laugh enough that they don't... The, that what they're I not do just angry to, or yeah. mad. And the, my comedy, the thing that makes people laugh is me being zany and doing characters and whatever. Like yeah, they don't like at, your heady stuff. They're like, do the jokes about midgets. Yeah, and that hurts. That's always hurt. And I think that that contributed to me realize well me trying to make myself think that you shouldn't be doing comedy that I shouldn't be doing comedy because you were pussing out I did puss out yeah but was it all I feel like you were still in it pretty heavy until you had a girlfriend come back and then I think I mean it's like how people are with friendships well, maybe it's not even fair to say friendships. I feel like I'm a codependent person, and I know, like, when I get in a relationship, all of a sudden everything else I've ever been doing is, like, neglected. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I feel like you started 
doing less and less. It's hard for me to tell though, because I feel like you started doing less when you actually had like your the girl you were dating in town, but also I broke up with a person that was in our social circle and I started doing stuff elsewhere. So I don't know how much I don't remember the timeline on that. Were you already I mean, gone? No. I, no. So you and you and you and uh, Voldemort or whatever you're calling him. Uh, uh, Voldemortes. That, that whole thing. Uh, He's Mexican such a joke. piece of shit. That was dope. Uh, you guys ruined our my 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 second second plan A, which was which was a sketch group, which was sketch comedy using my production to make a make us like famous. Because the reason why I went into production, the reason why was I thought to make it was a good sketches. B route was to make because I'd always been doing always been doing funny videos like yeah. with my friends he and, still is GameSpot um, you wanted to make like a sketch group yeah I did and um I mean eventually it would have been like I'm not blaming anything like that I'm I just think saying you are. like uh, uh, you and Brian ruined my life um, um, we ruined your life eventually people would have been like boy that girl and that guy should stop doing sketches and that other guy listen People would have been like, "This group sucks," and it's because of that man that I, I mean that she broke up with. Let's be honest, you know. Let's be honest. The most press would have gotten is someone being like, "He's were the racist." Of the two sketches that we made because we're egotistical shits, and it well, would have continued. Yeah. People would have dropped out, you know. But you dropped out, even though I begged you not to. Uh, yeah, but I was abused by a member of the sketch group, so I was like, "Well, I'm sorry that I can't continue to make you, silly videos with you, you because this me, man." If you'd have told me that assaulted th- me, that guy is abusing me, I would have come over with with a, with a big truck. I was scared. I thought he was going to kill me. I As genuinely I, was like, "This man is going to kill me." I did not know that at yeah. the time. Well, no, I'm very did. sorry. Well, whatever. Although, think of the sketch group, Jessica. <laughs> 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 But what about our needs? Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, d- I stayed with him longer than I should have because I was thinking of the sketch group. I tried to hold it together for public school. You actually yeah. showed up to... I mean, he, we tried... Okay, you guys. Buddy moved back. He moved to Boston with this girl. She convinced him. I don't know if she convinced you. I've made up a story where she convinced you to stop doing stand-up. And then he I tried to, to move I back. I moved to San Francisco. No, I'm talking about you went to, to Boston. Do, you tried well, to come back. I moved to San Francisco first. Oh, First place that I moved That's was right. to work for uh, IGN. Oh, IGN. Doing esports video, which that, I like video games. I've always liked video games. Is that games. when you met your most recent ex? Or you met her years yeah. later? Oh. She worked in video games. And she's like, I'm a cool video game girl. Yeah, and she, when I first met her, she didn't have big boobs. She's got fake tits? Yeah. But I didn't realize that. There's a picture of us hanging out, and she's, she's just a pretty girl. She's not a pretty big boobed girl. So maybe I'm not a piece of shit. Oh my god, her boobs were fake too. What? I was just, I'm upset. I'm like, even her boobs were fake. Uh, I didn't know either. I yeah. mean, I didn't realize. It took me seeing a picture of the first time we hung out. Yeah, but the first time you hung out, were you like, I'm attracted to this girl? Yes. Oh. And that's that always stuck in my head. While you were dating a girl in Boston. You can date someone and be attracted to someone else as long as you don't act on it, right? I know. Just because I'm on a diet doesn't mean I can't look on the menu. I'm not on a diet. I'm very alone. I'm eating the... F- I am the eating menu. everything at the buffet, okay? Love the menu. Oh, it was poke. It. Oh, so good. I didn't order it then. Ordered it later. And then I poke poke later, and I found out... It turns out I don't like raw fish, and um, it stinks. Yeah. I was just trying to make a raw fish stinking joke. I know. She did. I know. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so okay, well, you went to San Francisco, IGN. Yeah, I went to I went to work for a company making you know video about video games. Was this with your the girlfriend you were dating in LA? Yeah. Okay, timeline. Okay. Shelly and I met. Um, I was already doing stand up. Yes. Got a job offer while doing production 
um, to go to move to San Francisco to do more production. Um, be a producer. They were giving me the title producer. And up until that point, I had had nothing but shitty editing and camera-on-my-shoulder jobs. Yeah. Yeah. But they liked my performance at this weird event where I had to produce on the fly with a camera on my shoulder with a, with a host for eight hours. It was a live... Like, they gave me a, 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 a PA with this live view backpack, which is like eight cell phones strapped together on his back. Like, Jesus. Or maybe like 32 cell phones. So the kid had cancer. I'm really glad that uh, he didn't have cancer. Cancer's not funny, but... Uh, oh, I, mean, I was like, wait, they strapped 32 cell phones to a kid with cancer? <laughs> he already, he's already fucked. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> no, they... I just did... I'm, I, I, you know, I don't like touching my cell phone to my head, so like... No, I'm so weird about it. 30... It was like the power of 30 cell phones in a backpack. So it, it connects to like 3 and 4G networks, and what happened was uh, the a, a truck uh, hit the internet pole for Atlantic City, and all of a sudden, all the people that were watching the esports event, um, IGN, uh, I mean, uh, IGN Pro League 4, all dumped into our channel and watched us, so... So then you like blew up. We, I blew up. I became Buddy the Hand because they only saw my hand in the camera, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to be famous like this. This is this is it. This is this how is I'm going to be big, famous." This is my Tonight Show. Is my yeah. hand in an IGN video? I know it's so skewed, but like I was so desperate for like any kind of success. Was that, that when you okay? Because you, when I met you, were Buddy McHutton. When the hand blew up on IGN, you're like, "I got to drop the Mick." When did you drop Mick Hutton? Because you're just Buddy Hutton now. So, or when did you get Mick Hutton? What was that? My real name is 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 mm. Michael Hutton. Yeah. Um, Buddy was added because my father's name is Michael and my mom hated my father. She used to actually call me Michael when she was mad at me. Classic like, story. Okay, Michael. I'd be like, okay. It's not my fault you had sex with that man, mother. So I was a little buddy. I was her little buddy. Um, and then I heard from my father and grandfather at, at a reunion once. We used to go to these like really hickey reunions. Of course. That it's just like... Uh, the Mick from uncle. our name, Mick means son of, was chopped off from the oh, place Hutton that we're from. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So it's actually his- historical. I'm already like, I guess my, I mean, Buddy McHutton sounds kind of funny. You were reclaiming your roots by being Buddy McHutton. Yeah, I was. I mean, I think that that's the, that's the name that I was, that was meant for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's silly. Noodles Levenstein, Buddy McHutton. It makes uh, sense. Yeah, You guys totally. belong together. Yeah. And I just do like it. He does Jewish comedy, and I do like, hey, we're Irish and drunk, and whoa, kids, huh? So many kids. I, but that persona definitely didn't match up with what I wanted to be. Because you wanted to be serious, and Buddy McCutton sounds like you're going to tap dance across the stage. Exactly, it not sounds serious, like I'm doing, but like heady, intellectual. It sounds like I'm doing Chihuahua jokes. Yeah, people like, are like Buddy Mc. It's the kind of name that, like, if a girl, if you start dating a girl, even Buddy Hut, and people are like, who's the guy you're dating? His name's Buddy. No, for real. Current girl I'm dating told me that her Russian grandmother goes, "What is this buddy? <laughs> what is this buddy? What is this buddy? No, you cannot date buddy. No. He's not buddy. Buddy. Buddy Hutton. <laughs> okay, wait. So you moved up to San Francisco. When you when you moved up there, I tried to do comedy. You did. Okay. I tried. How how frequently? How uh, aggressively did you try? I mean, the first couple of weeks I was up there, I did nothing but work. It was startup culture. Like, they, they, they treated us like shit. You were you just know? overworked. It's Completely like being in a nonprofit, but with profit, yeah. maybe. Everyone was like... It's not for a good cause. We would watch the senior management go into, a, like, a room with, like, kind of a glass, you know, on the... Win- like, it was glass windows, and they'd just get yelled at. And then they'd come out fucking panicked, scream at us. Yeah, because it's like, like, my job's on the line. I have to yell at someone else yeah. to I've show that I'm been useful. Re- 
like frontline, ridiculously successful in everything that I've done with producing, but it's not my fault. It's been just where just people flukes. have put me. It's all flukes, and it I'm not kidding. It all falls together. I think that's, I think that's most producers. People are like he's an amazing producer. It's like, what do you mean he was around when something great happened? Yeah. He was standing there. Yeah. That, I swear to God, that's how I feel about producers, which is why you're my friend, and I know you work really hard. I get weird when people are like, I'm a producer, and I'm like, you're a piece of shit. I mean, I am. What have you produced? Disappointment? They, they, we had a shoestring budget all the time and everything. Finally got shoestrings. Take that, Mom. Okay. I know. Finally had shoe. Damn. The tiebacks to my horrible childhood. Uh, we're going to pause. I'm scared of this cart. You guys are cart coming yeah. full speed. And full speed is very slow, but we're pausing <laughs> anyway. Wait. We're back. We, we sort of forgot where we left off. Okay, so you went... You were doing production as a startup, so you kind of, for the first couple of weeks, were all in work. Yeah. But at what point did you, so after a few weeks, did you dive back into comedy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, so we had a place that was, like, really far from from the city yeah. um, for, for money because it wasn't a high-paying job. And you know? San Francisco is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I, I would drive in, and, you know, there was like a couple of spots but I didn't really know the scene and so I was trying to get in and I realized immediately that the scene was completely different than what I'd been doing in LA was it different because what am I trying to say is it different because you didn't have friends in the scene I mean that obviously was it but also the rooms were different like the LA is like LA comedy had this like thing where you know it was like all-inclusive com- comics. Do like you're an actor trying to do comedy. You're a model trying to do comedy. You're a lead guitarist of a band trying, trying to, to do, do comedy. comedy. Right. And and in LA anything goes. But in other places, secretly, uh, real comedians hate all those people. What? I said secretly, real people, real comedians, fucking can't stand those people. Exactly. But like, good for you. Exactly. Real comedians can't stand those people. But in San Francisco, you go to an open mic for comedy, and it's real comedians. Yeah. Which I was a real comedian, but. But since they didn't know you, oh, sorry, nearly tripped a woman. Man, people are like really barreling, confused by barreling this. through planes. Um, see what <laughs> I courts did. are fucked. Um, uh, okay, so you went, and it was all these like serious comedy types. We can just wait. Are you not going to edit this at all? Is that your goal? Yeah, I don't edit. Okay. Hang on, I um, hit a button. Well, let me explain what Jessica's doing right now. Okay, uh, hang on, I'm going to pause again. She has an octopus of cords, and she's uh, she's. I've made a mess. We're just going to have to go back to you handing the cords back to me when, when we have to, because I uh, am a woman, and I can't be trusted with technology. What? Who said that? I'm smarter than all of you. Uh, okay. So you were intimidated, because it's all these... It's not a bunch of people being like, I'm a... Person yeah. trying comedy. It's like, oh, these people are all doing comedy. Yeah. It's and not so like tipping it, your toes in. It was the first time in comedy that I felt, um, like, not just the loneliness of being on stage without laughter, but, like, the loneliness of, like, driving home from a five-minute set where you for bombed. an hour. Where I bombed. And only having, only being aware of that one mic and just being, like, crushed and then coming back to this... Cart. You guys, we nearly got taken out. I didn't even pause it. These guys are relentless doing their jobs. They are so full of service. Okay, so couple because it's before, it's like, I mean, how long did you do stand-up in L.A. before you sort of found at least a friend group? I mean, I think it was like three three years at that point, right? No, I mean, like, before you met all of us, how oh, long were you, had oh, you been oh, doing sorry, it? sorry, before. So did you, like, show months. up, make friends? Three or four and, months. Okay. Of, um, but, like, I didn't have... that. That never was in LA like there was people that were rude but 
But it was like, okay, mostly in LA, even if you bomb, you already know another mic to go to. So you're like, right. let's get that other set in. Also, you have your friend group, so you can just like bitch in the car on the way there because we're all riding the mics together. And we're like, sure. oh man, that sucked. I just got to, uh, and everyone commiserates or they're like, oh, I like that. I had all those support systems. And now you're in San Francisco. How I did your girlfriend? Tell. I mean, I can't tell anybody that I work with that, you, you know, do I'm, comedy. Doing, I'm doing comedy. Because they might show up, dear God. And you're like, oh, um, what a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I had my coworkers show up to a show once, and I bombed, and I was like, it's not always like this. I didn't want... I don't care about that. It's the keeping up the persona of... Because in, in esports, or in, in any video game culture, like, it's zero... Um, it's like, you're allowed to do blue material, but if it's offensive at all, you will be completely ousted, ousted from the... The from community. The, the commu- not just the community, but the, the industry. Like, oh. if I was branded even falsely as like somebody that was bigoted uh, I wouldn't be hired ever again Yeah, and I was afraid of that yeah so if a blogger latches onto something and is like haha I need hits on my blog and you're like yeah all I said was my soul is black and then she I have those midget jokes that just wouldn't have gone over well in the oh yeah because you can't even say midget yeah little people Um, (laughs) didn't didn't you do those jokes once this is true and a man came up to you. Yes. And he opened his wallet, which, by the way, this man had still one of those wallet photo things. This is in the yes. mid-2000s. No, 2010 at, and beyond. You were at that show, right? I know. You no. told me about this, and I was like, oh. how did I miss this? It was amazing. He was another comic. He was. Yes. I want to know who this was. And he had... No. But he... He was a regular size... Not Okay, he was a non-little person. He was... He was a... Yes. And Buddy used to have jokes back in... 2010 days when like people were still a little not no one's afraid of saying the word midget, the midget. because it's like, they're not going to have a no million midget march because yeah. there's not that many of them and they can't really march it's a, a million a whatever 300,000 whatever penguins do yes 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 is your joke so and this is like 2012 where like people didn't get offended by that kind of stuff but I mean um, people gave a shit I mean people did people were still like I mean, midget has always been like, ooh, you can't say that. Yeah. And but I talked about that. I talked about that. That 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 still seems like a derogatory, you know, term. They want little person, which seems, seems like, as derogatory. Yeah. You got dwarf, which is magical. Like it's just a bunch of like weird, like, like almost derogatory terms. And we do that. We're, we're like, I think as a society, whenever we're like, oh, we'll give you this. Here you go. You can have this little bit. And that's eventually where I want the bit to go, or or what I thought about when I was writing it, you know, like you were like, like trying to get it to like a place where you're analyzing this thing, analyzing it, society's views on, on how they're being PC. And it's like, well, you're not, yeah. you're just patting your own back. Oh God. What have I done? I hit a button. Test, test. You guys are just hearing this in the middle of your guy. We're hitting turbulence. We're going through turbulence. I hit amazing. a button. I don't even know what it does. Flight attendants to jump seats. And it's we're getting, still recording real. a podcast. It's getting real. Dude, if we record our death and they find this in the ocean. Uh, we're going to like live on forever. Um, okay, wait. Oh, this man. He does this midget joke. A man comes up to him. Why am I telling it? Oh, yeah. So the guy comes up and goes, uh, hey, I just want to let you know that um, my whole family is, is dwarves. And that's a really offensive piece of material. And I... It really hit me like really, really hard that I was hurting somebody because I, I, I want to heal things. Yeah, and you're I like, that's did. not my intention. But then he unfurled his wallet and it was just full of pictures of his... Of his dwarf family. <laughs> dwarf family. But it was like one of those... It's like, to me, the creepiest thing about all this is that that man still had a photo thing. 
uh, like it, it, he's like he, that man is waiting for someone to say something about little people so he can be like I'm offended yeah I just want you to know that I have you know a bunch do of they know that you just carry around photos of them and show them to people every time you're upset I mean they, they took the photos they were like those mall photos they had like the nice backgrounds I think one of them may have had like the white with the splashes of paint you and know I was like oh no were they all mall elves were they all what elves at the mall with Santa they weren't taking photos with elves no oh I thought I was like what if his whole family was the elves no, no. I mean, like you know, when you no, go I know they're just like the corny uh, glamour shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, why do you hazy? guys do so many of these glamour shots? I think it's interesting that no matter who the person is, they want to look real good. Like, yeah. no, no, blow out my face so I look like I don't have any blemishes. Exactly. Okay, wait. So, and so fast forward. Okay, sorry. We need to go back to San Francisco. I can. I want. I will try not to get off topic here. No, it's okay. We're. It's. It's a conversation. But so, so you're driving back like an hour after. Yeah. These isolating pots. And then I would come home and it would be this room full of dudes that are playing StarCraft till 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, because you had a bunch of roommates? Yeah. Where was whole... your girlfriend at this time? Still in LA? She was living with me. She was like, I was like, do you want to move up together? Because, you know, we'd been separated for six months. And then so you're like, we haven't, we've basically not months. been together yeah. at all. Let's move in. Yeah. Let's move in. How long had you been together at that point? Uh, nine months. And how, how much of that was she gone? Six of the months. God, you and Wait, I no, are the no, no, same. No, I'm a liar. Except for I don't last that long. We were together for a year and three months at that point, because okay. she'd been back for six months before I moved. Okay, um, so you're living with a bunch of gamer roommates and your girlfriend. Yeah. And how does she feel about you doing comedy? She's like, oh, you work all day, and then you leave me at night to do. She comedy. hated comedy. She hated video games. She seemed, in my opinion, if I can be so bold, to hate happiness. Uh, she she professed to love happiness. She would be on swings and giggle. She'd lean her head back and say, this just makes me so happy. Don't you get the feeling when you're swinging? Of the, like, Why do you keep trying to date happiness? these women who are pretending to be forest nymphs? I want to date a forest elf. So they're like, want... oh, you're running through a field? Okay, well, what do you do besides that? <laughs> I told her that I would fund anything she wanted to do in life. Like, I well, was like, that'll if you make want to go to school, if you want to do whatever. And she got a like a you job just, that she, she, a shit job that she didn't like and then when I got a I got an offer from WB we went then went to Boston and my my best male friend Ben Gould who's a, who's another comic who um, is but allegedly a comic in Boston I have yet to see him do stand up Ben are you listening challenge He's, he's really Where funny. Where are you, Ben? He Super is very funny. funny. Ben is extremely funny. He's like classic Boston asshole funny, which like I hate and I love at the same time because I'm like, I want to punch you. And also I just squirted. And it's like... He, does, I, he does P90X every day of his life. He looks like he does P90X. He, he looks really like, does. He's like Boston Tony Horton. He's like what Tony Horton... Is that the guy who does P90X? Yes. Tony Horton? He's what Tony Horton aspired to be because you can tell Tony Horton so desperately wants to be funny. God. Ben should make his own workout videos. Ben would blow up. Now he's got a weird chest. He's a, he's a embarrassed about. So fucking put a shirt on. You don't have to be he's got naked. Like a weird like uh, like a dip chest. Uh, it's a, kind of a dip chest. I mean, you, if you had like a little tech deck uh, skateboard, it would be like really fun on his chest. How he's close got, are, have you gotten to his chest that you know this? I I mean, Do you just lean against his chest. You guys probably hold each other. That's who you hold and cry. That's what. I wonder you haven't recovered and you went to Hawaii like a maniac. You didn't have Ben to hold you and cry. I mean, if it was Ben, I would have held him and cried but you you know you you you're you're a stronger you're you require a stronger uh man person lady probably yeah friend friend you're not strong enough you for all my strong. tears you help me be strong oh um 
Thanks. So then I went to Boston. Boston. You got this dope job with WB. I was I hit comedy hard in Boston. Yeah. Uh, and it hurt so 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 bad. Like, Why? Because it wasn't like, you weren't doing as well as you wanted to be doing. Well, that. But then like shit would happen. Like I would be doing comedy and say like, you know, trying to get like do a bit about like I don't know. Uh, trying to be intellectually funny. Like here's an example: doomsday prepping. I started talking about people that were prepped for zombies. When Don't you have not an uncle or a dad who is really into survivalist? A prepper? Yeah. I don't actually have a. Okay, prepper. I'm sorry. Go on about it's the bit. Okay. I interrupted. Um, I have Hicks, but we can oh. talk about. Oh, that's I mean, a maybe, whole separate podcast. Maybe I've never. I thought you to said you had a stepdad who's literally does survivalist training. No, my my stepdad does did. Or he went to it. He went to like a crazy. He's guy. a um, American mountain man. Okay. So he has he had to like survive and like freezing temperatures yeah for a week well is um, he or th- is not. that the dad you have now no yeah david will he let me interview him about that sure i'm asking you to do other podcasts on my podcast that's okay that's dope too dad if you're listening to this uh daddy david we'll Jessica. sing songs together he's also a sound engineer and a fantastic bass player yeah you're he's um, cool your parents yeah. are cool but he works yeah he works he really hustles. hard he's actually freak, freaks me out because his whole life he's just like he's he's been like he's had that level of happiness that like lets him like not like stress over the work he does yeah or like which is great having this FOMO of like is there something better something better I should do and that that weird thought permeates that, for six or seven hours that, of your day that causes you to not get the work you're doing done yeah yeah, yeah. oh boy do I know that I know you do That's okay so that Sam, was a really big that was a really, big jump really big um, jump that was fun I resisted screaming into the microphone you're welcome everyone um, so you hit the ground running in Boston. Yeah. But. Oh, 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 oh. so this girl goes, uh, it goes up after me, um, after I do this joke and she goes, can we get a fucking moratorium on these goddamn idiots with this fucking zombie jokes? What a piece of shit. Like she just, just rips you for like two minutes. What was her name? Do you remember? No idea. She's wearing a sweater. And, uh, and I, I, know I remember she was okay. wearing a sweater and Birkenstocks, and it was like fucking winter. And I was like, "This is the hardest person I've ever met in my life." <laughs> She's wearing a knitted sweater. Didn't see a jacket on her chair, and I checked because I wanted to fight her. I wanted to punch her in her face. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, but I would have lost because yeah. she was wearing Birkenstocks. She's a badass. She was a badass. I wonder uh, if she still does comedy. Are you out there, Birkenstocks? I kind of went. Oh. Oh, I suck. No. Piece of shit. Other yeah, comics. but she had just heard. She was just angry, and her thing was getting angry and I making mean, fun I of other people. Now, yeah, but it crushed me. Like, like not just that, but like multiple experiences that weren't weren't as like aggressive, but just like. Was Ben doing comedy with you at the time? No, Ben. Ben. Whenever I try to do anything with Ben, like professionally or he with talent, do he backs down. It's really interesting. I don't know why. He'll do stuff. Because he's other doing people. your jokes. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, you know, I'd be like, hey, ben, can we, can we do, can we play paintball? I don't play paintball anymore. And then I see a video of him doing paintball. Actually, Shelly would never do drugs with me, but would do drugs with other people. I have this weird thing of like collecting people that won't actually engage in fun things with me, but they do fun things. Um, yeah, what is that? I, I think they're, they're worried that I'm going to judge them. Why? Are you scared of me judging you? No, I just, I asked you to go to Hawaii with me. Man. I mean, I'm scared of everyone judging me, but also I'm not, you know? Yeah, I think I've lo- I think I'm losing. I'm stopping caring about being judged, and I, I, I was like at a threshold of like mm, I'm only not giving up be- my fear of being judged because it'll come off as crazy, and now I just don't care. Yeah. 
and I'm basically a human trash can barreling through society. <laughs> like, I don't care. We, we got stoned in the hotel room, and I couldn't leave. Like, she had to talk me Into out. going to the hotel hot tub. Yeah. We weren't going out among regular society. And he's like, they're all going to think I'm crazy. Well, we were having this really... Like deep conversation, which we cannot get into right now. I don't because want to. I don't there's not enough time. It. Yeah, well, it's we would discuss that the conversation that we were having takes forever because we were discussing infinity. Yeah, so, we were um, literally breaking down infinity, and I was not. I was listening because I've already helped. tried to break. I mean, I was trying to help you get to the point where you'd stop breaking it down because I. You were telling me to shut I already up did that. for, uh, I don't know, four hours. It was fun. It was yeah, really enlightening. It. Uh, okay, so how long were you grinding in Boston before you... Did you just give up? No, not long. Not long. Um, did you consciously quit, or is it just like you kept yes. being like, I'm going to go, and you got busy? Oh, you know, you were like, I'm done. You threw in the towel. I did. I said, um, you know what? I need to focus on one thing or the other, and I'm mediocre at both. And you're like, but this thing, this other thing gives me money, and I can provide for money. my sweet, fun-loving girlfriend. She really likes swings. Are you going to buy her a bunch of swings? I mean, if I could afford a a backyard with a swing, maybe she would have been happy. Dang. And this was, what year was that? Um, I mean, I think 2015 is when I left that job in WB. And then you guys moved back to LA? No, 2014. Um... We moved back to, to L.A. Because she wanted to be with her family? She, Did she, you leave that job because she wanted to come back to L.A.? So, Turbine was... Turbine... Is like, another company you worked for? Yeah, WB was a, was a Turbine affiliate. Okay. And they built a game that was based on a really old, like, engine. Um, any nerds that are listening... On a Turbine? Uh, yeah. So, Lord of the Rings Online was like a World of Warcraft clone based on the, the Lord of the Rings, like, franchise. And mm-hmm. it was, like, 12 years old. And they built a new game. Um, Just remembered I had a cup of coffee underneath the chair, and it has survived, you guys. Keep talking. It oh didn't God, fall that's over. amazing. It hasn't spilled all over that ugly hat. Shut up. You guys, you'll see the hat. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, I think that, the, I think that it was destined to, to fail. Um, and yeah. it actually, it went on to fail. So I got out of there. Um, they, like you know, gave me severance and stuff, basically laid me off, even though they knew that the company was going down. That's nice. They just like golden parachuted a lot of us. Uh, it wasn't that golden. It was more of like a, a salty parachute. It wasn't even like into precious metals. It was just like something that you could sell or trade Green in like parachute. an African wasteland. <laughs> um, but like, I was like, I can get another job and stay in Boston. And she was like, no, I'm going to go home. And then we moved back in literally to her parents' house and she didn't want to leave. And She I just kinda, wanted to live with her parents. Yeah. And I kind of had to understand, like, I kind of... It took me a little while to understand that she didn't want to, like, you be think, with me, but just didn't want to tell she me. Didn't have, oh, so she was trying to be like, I'm going to go to L.A. Maybe. And you were like, okay, we'll go to L.A. And yeah. she's like... Whatever you want to do, babe. Damn, I thought he was going to so be like... So then we moved I into just, her parents' house. I started oh. my own production company. Um, How long were you there before you are like, I got to get out? Two, two months. When you broke up with her, did you think, like, I'm going to get back into comedy immediately? Um, yeah, but I but had, had my own company. Okay. And at that point, like, she had never, like, kind of supported us. I had always been, like, I paid for rent, paid for groceries, like that type of thing. Um, you got 
taken for a ride. So... Did you pay for her education? What? Did you pay for her school? No, she didn't go back to school ever, even though I said you can. Um, wow, what an idiot. Why didn't you take advantage of that? I think she just wanted to be mad. Some people do just want to, like, be miserable. But also, I, th- I think that she didn't want to owe me. That's true. Money's a weird thing. Yeah. Even if you were like, you wouldn't owe me, I just want to do this because I love you. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah. That'll pan out when we break up. I kind of just want her to be happy. And right. I get that. This is them saying, hey, flight attendants are up, let's sit the fuck down. Okay, so by 2015, you're back in LA? You know, it gets a little hazy at that point. I think maybe I was back in LA. I was, oh, oh when I broke up with her, I moved up with my parents. Oh, in, in the in, cabin for a little yeah, while. Was so that the was, year I came to your Christmas? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was the first time we'd been to a family Christmas in over a decade. It was cool. My family <sighs> fucking loves you. It's I ridiculous. love your family. I'm basically in his family. Um, for better or worse. Uh, man. So I was up in Arrowhead, and I... Um, no, no comedy scene up there. Yeah. Um, and then I got... Uh, I got, a, like, a lot of jobs on the Warner lot. Um, okay. And, you know, I was still trying to pursue production like, full-time. Yeah. Um, you would, like, fly to Boston. Was that for work or just to, like, visit Ben? It would be to visit Ben, but sometimes for work. Um, or I'd use it, you know, like, uh, my visiting or working with the WB Studios out there as, like, you know, um, kind of cover so I could do write-offs and that type of thing. Okay. Um, Let me ask you, how long from your... You got engaged to Shelly, right? Yeah. How long from breaking that off was it before you were in another relationship? And I'm asking you this as a person. How long what? How long until you were dating someone else? Locked in another relationship? A year. A year? A full year? Um, a full Until year. I was, well, hooking up with other people or like? Like, until you were started dating the girl you ended up in a relationship with. Yeah, it, it, over a year. Oh, wow. There was like a couple of other... Time flies. I know there was other girls you dated. Yeah, I dated I dated a few people like, you know, like Casually. rebound kind of things and then like like possible real relationships and then like um, just absolute crazy, like like batshit crazy people from my past. Like you're one like, girl from high school. Let's try oh. this again. And you're like, oh. Well, no. Like like my, my best friend in high school, I'm not going to say her name, but... Uh, we, I, we moved around a lot, so it could be one of, like, five different high schools. Could be all of you. Yeah. Um, you know who you are. She told me that... Um, Sh- Shonda. We were hanging out, and she goes, if we have sex, my vagina will make you fall in love with me. So you obviously had to have sex with her? No. Oh. I, like... You were like, get away from me. Yeah, I just never called her again, because I was like, I was trying to hang out with you as friends. Oh, is uh, that terrifying to men? I should stop saying that to people. I mean, it's not terrifying. It's just, like, if, if it was a joke... Ha ha, cool. but you're like, that's when you're like vaguely serious she meant it yeah what if she didn't now I'm panicking over all the men that I'm like she if did. we were together it'd be a, it would go up in flames it'd be fun right and it's like I don't want to be with you I just had a lot of coffee and that's the thing I wanted to tell you I think she drugged the part of her brain out that like would offer uh, sarcastic sarcastic comics like like that like she like I didn't I I don't want to talk shit about this girl so I'm no, stuttering no. I, anyway it was weird so, like, so there, was, you just went through a series of like yeah quote dating you, a I, single life experience totally searching for the thing the thing that would make me uh, fulfilled and, and you were thinking you'd find it in a person 
I mean, I thought that I would find it in a person rather than in what I want to do. Or in yourself, which is where it is, and it has been the whole time, and you still haven't found it. Well, we can quit the con- We can stop <laughs> the, the podcast now, because that's the point. Uh, Moral. Well, no. Okay, here's the point. So then you end up, like, dating another girl. You go to San Francisco, but you never get back into comedy there. No. You never try again. I feel like she did... In, in Of all the things that that girl failed you in, which was trying to be this thing that she wasn't uh she did i feel like she did try to encourage you to get into comedy did i make that I up mean, i did i did do comedy like i did do a little know, bit a little bit but it was like at the strongest it was only once a week it was okay. i wasn't so doing not, three, you weren't three doing mics diligence. and I, like i wasn't going crazy i was just like trying to see if i still had anything inside of me that was funny okay so if i were to ask 2000 when what 2011 is when we were friends yeah. We became friends. 2011, buddy. Where he thought he would be the beginning of 2018. What do you think he would have said? Probably, I mean, honestly, dead. You thought you were going to kill yourself? Yeah. Really? Yeah, 100%. Wow. Oh, man. I didn't ever think I was going to make it past 25 because when I was 17, I was already on antidepressants. Like, And you just thought, like, this is the end. There's oh, like wow. a, a Mr. Magoo like uh, steward who just like can't understand chords on the ground. He's making yeah. this like super aggressive shitty face. Yeah, at it's us. like it's we awesome. we we move them. Um, uh, you really thought you'd be dead from that? How long did you think? Okay, so 2011. Were you like I have like maybe two more years? 25. Uh, wait, so 2011. Um, 2003 graduated. I honestly didn't think that I would be alive past. I told myself when I was in high school that if I wasn't successful doing what I, one thing that I loved. By the it, time you were? 25. I'm just realizing that the, my last relationship, I think, was a cartoonish younger version of you. Was it what? <laughs> I think I dated, like, an exacerbated young version of you in my last relationship because I was dating a 24-year-old who thought he was failing because he wasn't a star. And was the most nihilistic, depressing person I've ever met. And also was six foot four. And now I'm horrified. I, mean, I was dating a baby buddy. Oh, God. Well, no wonder he always felt like a kid more than a boyfriend. Wait, this is creepy. This. I was like, this, you feel like you're my brother, but I guess I'll keep dating you. This thing that is before you is what this glorious being is what happens when somebody tells themselves, it's okay, you don't need to be successful, you just kill yourself every year, and then... Uh, now you have a beard, and you went to Hawaii. You are successful. I, Wait. I, I think that... You thought you'd be dead. So there was no, like, I'm doing comedy with an in-game. I'm just yeah. doing this until I'm like, it, oh, it didn't magically happen? I honestly... And what was it? don't know if... What would it successful have been then? I don't even know. And that's the problem. I never had any real goals. I just wanted to feel good. Comedy made me feel good when it went well. But then that feeling of elation kind of stopped. So there wasn't like a specific goal. And yet your goal was as long as I am, quote, successful. That's interesting because I think it speaks to a lot of people that we have this, A, the classic like feeling that something outside of you is going to make you happy. But we go, once I'm successful, I'll be happy. But if you don't define success, how can you ever achieve it? Right. I would say like what I kept doing is saying like, okay, so... I need to make this specific amount of money, like, and whatever that is, like, but I never would actually define the amount of money that I needed to make. The, 
the steward just walked by again and rolled his eyes at me so hard. Um, but you never, you'd just be like, I need to make enough money that I'm happy. I need to make enough money but to be happy. But you wouldn't go $100,000. Right, right. And I wouldn't ever formulate a plan on making that. I would say like... I just need to. I would jump to a different job that like I wouldn't ration my time. I wouldn't do anything. I would say like I'm going to jump 100% in this job, try to be successful and try to get to a new thing to make more money. And, you know, making money with work is never going to... That's not going to make you happy. It's not going to work. No. Like if you want to... If your goal is money not like like money itself it's like for what yeah that's not a thing to make you happy that's a thing you're told it's gonna make you happy so you arbitrarily are like money okay so you just had this arbitrary like well if if I reach the point of things making me happy then I'll be happy and if not I'll kill myself but no I never actually formulated goals or wrote them down. And people would tell me to do that. People would tell me it's very important to do that. I'm realizing Um, now how truly important that is. But I reached my only goal, which was if I can be financially, if I can pay all my bills doing stand-up comedy, I'll be happy. And now I'm like, I am pretty happy. But now I feel like being happy is lazy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm not just supposed to be happy. I should want more. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of forced to adapt their goals based on what like a societal norm is telling them to do for sure because we because if you're not striving for the things that society tells you you should you feel crazy right but really it's like is everyone else crazy okay wait you've been back in LA you broke up you've been back in LA since what September yeah. of 2017 four so four four-ish months five-ish months four-ish yeah um, and I've been working a lot on the first thing the first project was for comedy wasn't to get up no. it was to take all of the scraps of writing uh, from all of those years so like voice notes and tiny pieces of paper I saved yeah. everything assemble and go through them put them all in one word doc and then organize those into like thought categories so like environment relationships you know that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, get organized. See, see what you had. What I have, and what what I've noticed is, I'm trying to fully formulate things in different ways than I used to. Yeah, you're and, a different person. Yeah, but. Sorry, guys. Sorry, someone just walked by with a baby, and we didn't want to have a baby go down. Um, there's a baby crying. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I don't think so. I think the mics are good enough. You can't hear the baby crying, but. So you're trying to formulate things in different ways. Uh, And I realized that, like, I don't have a chosen style because along with goals, along with thinking about goals comes, like, thinking about who you are. Like, what you want formulates who you are. Okay, so what you want formulates who you are. Yeah. I mean, I think that what, what you... You know, so along with so what you make important is what you you know. Well, the thing I think about comedy is is like if you want to be a comedian or be a person doing comedy, I think there's a difference because uh, formulating goals is one thing, and it's like yeah, I definitely need to do that. It's probably more helpful because then you at least have things to achieve to then go, well, I was wrong about that. This would make me happy. Um, but cause I did it. Uh, 
choosing a style is a weird thing. No, when you I mean, go like, I, I don't have a, a chosen knowing, style is like knowing who you are. Yeah, comes with like I don't know what my favorite food is. You know, no, I don't know neither. what my favorite fucking color is. Not having a favorite is who you are. Being indecisive. No, it's like I I think. I think people try to create a persona of who they are. Yeah. And but, I think but most people, people are not who they're projecting they are. Well, yeah, but that's you projecting that on them. Yeah, some you're right. Some people say that they like cats, and they fucking love cats. And, and they that, do that's love what cats. they are. Well, yeah, here's the thing. And it's like, it took me a long time because I'm the same I'm the same way in that, like, I don't have these defined things. And it's like, well, I definitely really love this, and I definitely really hate that. And um, I used to be like, I, I need to... I need to have a thing. I'd like try to force having things. I'd be like, I need to look. I gotta wear headbands. I'll wear a lot of headbands. And it's like, no, who I am is someone who is is fluctuating and and I think that's okay too. Like your style, quote, or who you are can just be that like you can't you don't have a definite decision. And that's its own type of person. But I used to be really self conscious about that. You know what, though, I, what, what's interesting, what I notice about you is you can freeform create in your own in your own style and be funny, whereas your style is the... And you, you don't even know your own style, but everyone I, else does. I don't. I, and I am constantly wishing that someone would please explain it to me because I don't know how to brand myself. And I'm well, like... We, I've asked people, I'm like... I had a girl opening for me and she hadn't really seen me a lot she was featuring for me uh, Grayson Morris very funny uh, we were in Myrtle Beach South Carolina and I was like could you do me a favor could you watch my set and just like brand me based on that and tell me what you think but like I genuinely have no idea how to describe my style but what'd she say I don't know strong <laughs> I, I don't know I wrote it I have I, it somewhere I think you're it, like exposed you know like vulnerable is a thing I get a lot Exposed. I'm, I'm exposed. I'm nude. Like, but you're not afraid to be, you know? You talk about... You talk about your sexual experiences. You talk about your abuses. You talk about your experiences as a woman without filtering. Without being like, but I still need you to see me as a pretty woman. Pretty lady. Well, no, you say that out loud. You say that... You say I don't you think add I the cultural archetype of, like, someone who desires to be seen a certain way. You make fun of that by saying, like... I wish that I was pretty. I wish like I had that option to desire. Yeah. Well, just like every pretty girl, but the fact the fact that you associate I'm not pretty, but I still wish that I was pretty. Everybody wishes they were pretty, but you say I'm not pretty. So everybody feels superior to you in that and al- allows themselves to laugh when really they're the ones being made fun of with your stuff. Oh. I mean, at least that's your kinda, perception. My perception. It could be completely wrong. But you could be spot on. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. No, I said you could be spot on. I don't know. Oh. Um, wait, but what does that have to do with... And then dick jokes. Yeah. And then I mean, add in a bunch of dick jokes. But those are not just dick jokes. They're dick truths. And I think that's important to convey. Dick truths. Is that like I've gone from now Buddy's being ousted from his community, which is his aisle, uh, which I called a community. <laughs> I, I think... I have a lot of general... Like, if you listen to my first album, this is not for you. This is, I guess, for people listening. Uh, there are a lot of sexual observations that are 
truths to me, but they're generic in the sense that they are relatable to everyone. And now I've gotten more into like, here's a personal and horrifying story about my sex life. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Uh, I used to worry. I used to I have gone in flux about being like, people are so critical of women being dirty. And I don't want to just be like, she's being dirty. Because some women, I think, do do it for the sake of like shock value or they think they're supposed to be dirty. And then so I, I went through a phase where I specifically didn't write about sex for like a year. And then I was like, no, I'm a di- I'm a dirty human. And why am I in all, comedy all if I'm not going to live dirty. my truth? Yeah. Some people are. Yeah. But some, some people, people don't want to admit it. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's not filtering. Yeah. That's you choosing to not filter. Yeah, you but know, if you're going to talk about something, you talk about like these these unaltered truths. But it just so happens that your when I do it, it, are extremely relatable to regular people, and it comes out in a way that's funny, I guess. Well, yeah. But wait, what does that have to do with? So you're saying that versus what you want to do? I forgot I mean, how we got I don't on have this. A, I think I think my my natural filter is fear. You know, like I was we were, like we were sexually abused as kids, and we yeah. were physically abused, and then like. You know, like I, very like I used to get beat up for being like white. I was one of three white kids in an all Mexican school, and they would beat my ass for wearing dickies because they were brown clothes. <laughs> oh, but no. they were blue dickies. To this day, I don't. I mean, I get that they're You're saying like, that those are Mexican clothes because like they're brown are clothes. Mexican pants or what? Yeah. Um, like I got put into a hospital once. Like somebody slammed my head against a urinal. So, your head, so you're all like screwed up with society's like. I mean, that's gotta be a mind fuck with like. How the thing that makes me really mad, though, is I'm a tall, white. gorgeous, white male. And uh, so modest. With gappy teeth, so I still have a chip on my shoulder. All into the gap. Um, but I don't feel like that. I don't have any, like, oh, man, I, I've i gotten things for free in society. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like that, but I have. Yeah. You know? Everybody wants to feel like their, like, specific trial is... It gives them, like, a personal fire or gives them something Yeah. That well, everyone does have... Everyone has their own struggle. Sure. But you have to... Oh, like, being aware of that, you have to go, like, well, my struggle versus their struggle wasn't really a struggle. Or whatever. Or you also... It's okay. That doesn't mean you can't be aware of, like, when you did benefit from things. And people... People go, like, well, I've suffered. And it's, like, cool, but you've also benefited. And it's okay to go, you know what? I have. Whatever. I don't know. But what everybody has benefited. Everybody wants to feel, and this is this is a hard truth. Well, everyone wants right, to feel like, like they a have victim. something. Oh, no. hang on. He's that's not what he's saying. And I jumped in and I gave him words that are not his. Everybody wants to feel like they're better than everybody else. Yeah, and that's true. Like I don't. It, with a victimhood, you're feeling like you deserve something more or have been through something worse or whatever. And I feel like my mom kind of told me something as a kid, which is like you're going to be bigger than people and if you hit them you'll kill them like you're just big you're a big kid it's always like it's like permeated my thought process like and 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 i know that this fear of hurting people this fear of being better innately than someone and not being able to utilize my own personal power and i mean her saying that didn't cat didn't wasn't the catalyst for this but i feel like it's like i'm not allowed utilize the things that I have that you are good at that I am good at well that I'm better than other people at your natural talents in order to be I think I'm scared of utilizing that because then I'll be seen as like utilizing some unfair advantage on people and I need to struggle just like everyone else but it's like well no it's like you can choose to 
take paths for things that you're not naturally good at or aren't going to have open doors to you. But it's like, to me, that's stupid. Common sense is like you can worry about if people will be like, oh, he just got that because it was it came easy to him. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why I did it. Totally. And And to me, it's like, I mean, having the advantage in something because you're good at it and it's your natural ability is different than just getting something because you're privileged. And also... How? Because you deserve it. If you're the best at something... If you have a natural ability, why do you deserve something? Well, deserving is... No one deserves anything. Deserving is a made-up construct that we've taught ourselves. I'm going to get so many free miles (laughs) just because of that man's mean face. (laughs) This... Flight attendant is so mad that I'm just talking. He's like wa- he's like walking by, not saying ex- he hasn't said excuse me to us once. Like I'm, I feel um, like he's but, walking by but, just to go. Ugh. But he's like shaking his head at us while yeah. we're walking by. It's like I know it's inconvenient, but like we're moving out of the way. Yeah. United Airlines. Um, he, I, I just, he's just mad. It's, yeah, it's like I'm, it's not my fault that you chose to fly for a living, and flying is miserable. Um, as I fly for half of my living. Uh, Okay, wait. No, it's not that you deserve... It's just that, like, if you are good at something... Here's the thing, is that, like, the conversation about By white way, male privilege... I'm not privilege, saying that you need to convince me of this. No, no, but, like, there's a conversation about, like, male privilege and white privilege, and they're all... They're very real things. Nobody is mad that super talented white men get things in the field they're super talented in. People are mad because... White privilege is that... If you were mediocre, you could get a better job than some people because white men are at the top and they're like, I like what you're doing. I'm not talking about being white and being better than people. I'm talking about like utilizing any anything, utilizing your personal anything on top of somebody else's. Yeah, because like, we're all made to feel like we should be humble and you're not allowed to be like okay at being really good at something. And you have to go like, like I have to all the time go like, I mean, the whole premise of this podcast is that I'm an idiot. And I know I'm not an idiot. Right. Like, if there's... If I'm confident in nothing else, it's that I'm reasonably intelligent. And yes. And I are. and I I don't know. So you're you're very smart. And you're kind of you're you're more emotionally intelligent than a lot of people that I know. I mean, especially myself. Like I know that you under, you have these you understand these concepts of like how to be that sometimes you'll say something and I'll be mad at you because you act like a dickhead you'll just be like just no blah i'm like no i don't i don't know that i don't understand that innately that feeling of like being okay well that's a thing that i struggle with because i don't want to i don't want to dismiss people because they don't understand the same things i do this delves into therapy and i don't need, think it needs to i'm yeah, sorry no, no no but well the whole point is that like we're taught i mean modesty is a thing we're taught that's like you know, like, everyone gets a trophy. Like, it's okay to be good at something, but don't, like, don't, like, let any... It's a, We're not allowed... You're not allowed to let anyone know that you know you're good at something. You n- let anyone know that you want something? No. Well, A, yes. But more importantly, like, it's considered taboo to acknowledge that you know you're good at something. Yes. You could be in the top... Like, if Stephen Hawking was like, you guys, I am a brilliant astrophysicist. Is that even what he does? Neil deGrasse Tyson. What does Steve Haw- Hawking do? Stephen Hawking... You guys know him from being in a wheelchair and he's doing a, science. He's stuff. the fastest quantum, quantum man physics guy, on right? Earth. It's quantum physics. What does he do? Yeah. Neil, uh, yes. Yes. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Stephen Hawking—they're both in, in astrophysics. Uh, sure. Yes. 
this is ignorance. It's, it's not a lack of, anyway, it's facts. And I don't know all of them. I just know that he reads because, um, Oh yeah. You that, know, he that, reads that poster on the wall at, uh, uh, like every school ever of Stephen Hawking going rolling really fast in his wheelchair. Uh, I've never seen this poster. Uh, also, he's in exists. an automatic wheelchair. It can't go that fast. I know. That's why it's funny. It has this speed stripes <laughs> behind it, and it says "read." He has a book. Like, why That's is so he? Does he even know that he's a part of this? Space reading a book. Um. Anyways, people physicist. who are like he's a physicist, very surely high up in their field. If they were to be like, I'm really good at my job, we'd be like, no, fuck you, dude. (laughs) You know what? Here's the thing. I don't want to be seen ever. I have a fear of being seen as, like... Pompous? Not pompous. Like the best at something or 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 a an alpha or or anything like that because like that becomes like a challenge i don't like conflict no well then it's like that also that like can mess with your ego if you like really think you're the best at something not only does it give you i don't think that i'm the best at anything but i don't ever want to be no well me neither because once you're the i think the best place to be theoretically if you want to keep growing is like at best is being second best because you always have something to work for Sure. But I also say that as someone who like doesn't believe there is a best, especially in something that's artistic. Like you can like you could be someone's favorite as an artist, but like t- anyone who thinks there is an objective best in an art field is a moron. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I not, also not... think best is like a social construct cuz we are we're taught we're in this society that's taught to compete. And it's like it's not. It doesn't have to be a competition. People are like I have to be better than you. I have to be taller than you. I have to be like people. People made fun of me for being short when I was in high school, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like that's not. I'm not hurt by that. It's like, oh, I'm not the fastest on the team. Yeah, no shit. I'm four foot eleven. There's your leg is the size of my body. What do you want from me? But like, I never joined the team, even though they. I probably would have been amazing. Well, <laughs> I'm just like a. Uh, I don't know. Like I know that I'm a self defeating asshole, and uh, like. A Hang on, passerby. You're on self-defeating I, asshole. I, uh, you know, I've kind of. Uh, Just kidding. What happened, really? There's this. <laughs> the flight attendants are now collecting the TVs they've handed out from the like person rain, in. They were collecting a TV. I had to pause it again because the steward tried to make a joke about how I'm doing Radio United. Honestly, it felt like a personal assault. Okay, Honestly, wait. This whole thing is tapped into something that I probably should discuss with a therapist because it's like comedy is, this is so hitting rooted. you too hard it, i think it is okay like, so are you okay well let's wrap up then yeah 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 and we won't get deep no and I, if, I, if you guys are like we want buddy to get deep we'll do another episode one day when he has gone to a therapist or i'll follow him to therapy and i'll listen in so i've been getting back into comedy now um when did you so as soon as you got back did you hit the ground running in september when you broke up uh not running i hit the ground you hit the ground really hard and now you're crawling uh, yeah, yeah. Like, How many you know, mics are you doing a week? Um, are you well, doing mics? Are this you... week I only did one. Well, um, we were in... Last week I did Hawaii. two. The week before that I did like seven. Um, so you're getting like, there. You're yeah, fluctuating. Well, I just started a new job. I have that creative director job of, for a, a company that director. I don't even want to talk about because it seems like such uh, ridiculous shit. And you're like, who knows if we're going to make it? Uh, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to keep going. We'll okay, see. so right now, comedy-wise... Hang on, let's pause because there's a clusterfuck of people coming. Comedy-wise, uh, do we have goals? 
or is your goal to maybe set some goals? You know what? I've been, yeah, my, my goal is to set goals. I've been like trying to like meditate or something to try to figure out like what the hell I want. And I can't, I can't pinpoint anything that I want. I think here's what, what you need to what do. What does happiness look like? Happiness no. comes from inside and it doesn't look like anything. It just is. Oh dear God. Which is a nightmare for you to hear. Cause it was a nightmare for me to hear until I found it. And then it's not always there, but I was like, Oh, <laughs> there it is. Wait, you were about to tell me a goal. You can have a million things that you're like, this could be a thing that could be fun. This could be a thing that could be fun. I think, and take this from me, who is absolutely no one, just pick some goals. They don't have to be the be all end all. Just be like, this is the goal for now. I'm writing this down and it's a goal. So if that goal is just, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to 20 mics in a month. It can be that small. So set five small goals, do like two monthly goals and then like a goal for the end of the year. So like, I'm going to have gotten up this many times by the end of the year. Or within six months. Start small. You don't have to, like, your goal doesn't have to be your entire life plan. Okay. Okay. I mean, those are, you know, it's great advice. Um, and it's easy. Yeah. I think. I won't do it. We're going to do it together because I need to write down goals. Okay. Okay. Closing thoughts. Um, Too many thoughts. So many. Uh, don't podcast on airplanes across an aisle. Guys, we're, we're going to land. We are landing. In San Francisco, where Buddy will once again start comedy in San Francisco. Should we hit? Is there an afternoon mic in San Francisco we can hit? Hang on, I'm pausing it. Okay, so where can. Okay, what were you saying? Uh, Do you remember? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Don't. Don't talk about emotions when trying to make good podcasts. Talk about facts. Is okay, my, is don't tell me how to podcast. No, no, no this is to me. <laughs> oh, for you, for you to be a good guest? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's oh, so my, you can't go into emotions. No, because I rant. I just ranted. I, I know, ranted for like half an hour. My podcast is ranting sometimes. Will you let me edit this so I can just edit out all the bad stuff of myself? No, then you're going to edit out your entire self. It's yep. going to be me talking by myself. You just said that I was entirely bad. No, you're, I don't think you're entirely bad. I think you're going to think you're entirely bad because you're afraid of people hearing your emotional thoughts because you think that they'll think that you're an idiot or crazy. And you're not. You're very human. What you're saying is very normal. Good. Where Great. can people follow you? I don't... I, you don't want to be followed. Buddy Hutton on Twitter. Buddy Hutton on Twitter. Uh, find out if he sticks to his journey. Find out if we get murdered getting off the plane by this steward who is, is so a, angry. There's He's, a steward who literally won't lift his feet like t- t- two he inches. He is to, so mad, and yeah, I'm going to really. find out his name, and I'm going to ruin his life. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not that mean, but I am going to not name him and try to get some free miles from United. Are you listening, United? He's so mean. Guys, um, Don't Jess be mean to is, people on planes. Jess I'm is ruthless. Amazing. I've had two cups of coffee, and I will fight someone. She's amazing. Um, she's, the, like, even though she appears not to be fragile at all she's one of the most fragile people that I've ever met they know um, they, I've cried on this podcast they know I'm fragile no 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 like I don't I don't know if people understand like you're this like a, you're a glass cannon and it's awesome because you won't stop shooting even though you you might shatter at any point it's amazing oh don't cry okay I'm not gonna cry on a plane today alright you guys that's it you know where to find me uh, this has been Ignorance is Blessed with me and my good friend Buddy Hutton bye Well, there you go. The come up with Buddy Hutton. You guys, he is great. He's uh, my best friend. He's a good guy. And I'm sure I will do something with him in the capacity of comedy uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, Follow him on Twitter if you're a Twitter person at Buddy Hutton and uh, and go check out his stuff. He's cool. Let me know what you thought of it. You know, tweet at me at JMS Comedy. Let me know on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash jms comedy uh yeah if you like the podcast subscribe rate and review it on itunes and share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes uh follow at blessed podcast on twitter and at ignorance is blessed on instagram to keep up with the podcast and please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity they're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world if you have additional questions about buddy or another guest or a topic you want to hear covered uh, or someone specific to interview you can always send those to me um twitter facebook same thing uh or ignorance is blessed podcast at gmail.com if you can remember that um no hashtag in the email i don't even know if that's a thing can you put hashtags in email addresses i honestly don't know uh but let me know and i'll do my best to deliver and uh other than that keep asking questions because the more we ask the more we learn the more we know and the more we know the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are and isn't that the point (sighs) thanks for listening and thank you for being patient with my ignorance see you soon idiots